Darn it. Hello, my friends. This is Andy and Andy coming to you live from Lake. What's it called again? East Lake Village. East Lake Village. <laughs> Sorry. East Lake Village in Yorba Linda, California. How are you guys doing tonight? Make sure and comment and let us know where you're watching from and give us your thoughts on the devotional, whether you're watching live or the replay. That would be amazing. And then where can they go to find more about our, our stuff? ResurrectMinistry.com. Uh, you will find our shows. You can comment, send us an email, make a donation if you're so inclined. Uh, all that good stuff. Yes. You could download the podcast. We'd be totally blessed if you would do that. And we thank you for your support. I heard a little jingle in your in your. It was a little bit of a, a, a sing song to say in Resurrect Ministry. Com. <laughs> like Roto Rooter, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Roto Rooter, <laughs> that's the name. Go to resurrectministry.com. <laughs> All right, my friends. Hey, we're reading from Smith Wigglesworth Devotional, um, uh, and that's what we will be uh, reading tonight, which is called Eyes of Faith. We also went to Yorba Linda Friends Church today and yes. had a, a really, really good message but it was it was a little bit more than that i was trying to think of a word to say it's doctrine yes from your blood and friends church yes with, with chris chris he's yeah. the doctrine guy <laughs> but it was so good it's so in yes. line with uh this this theme this that we keep getting hit with um over the last couple of weeks has been amazing well let's see what uh smith wigglesworth has to say tonight and uh and through him uh, what god has to say so we're on May 28th. The title is Eyes of Faith, and the reference is Matthew 4, 23. It says, Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Now, so Jesus. more than that, we'll read a little bit more later on. But uh, teaching, preaching, and healing. The scripture reading is Isaiah 58, 8 through 12. Smith says in the devotional, One day, a young woman from a place called Ramsbottom, came to be healed of an enlargement of her thyroid gland. Before she came, she said, I'm going to be healed of this goiter, mother. I guess she was talking to her mom. Yes. I hope. <laughs> After one meeting, she came forward and was prayed for. The next meeting, she got up and testified that she had been wonderfully healed. She said, I will be so happy to go and tell mother about my healing. Yay. She went to her home and testified to her wonderful healing. The next year, when we were having the convention, she came again. From a woman, from a human perspective, it looked as though the goiter was just as big as ever. But that woman was, believe, was believing God. Soon she was on her feet, giving her testimony, saying, I was here last year, and the Lord wonderfully healed me. I want to tell you that this has been the best year of my life. She seemed to be great, greatly pleased in that meeting, and she went home to testify more strongly than ever that the Lord had healed her. She believed God. The third year, she was at the meeting again, and some people who looked at her said, how big that goiter has become. <laughs> but when the time came for testimonials, she was on her feet and testified, two years ago, the Lord gloriously healed me of a goiter. I had a most wonderful healing. It is grand to be healed by the power of God. That day, someone questioned her and said, 
people will think there is something the matter with you. Why don't you look in the mirror? You will see that your goiter is bigger than ever. The young woman went to the Lord about it and said, Lord, you so wonderfully healed me two years ago. Won't you show all the people that you healed me? She went to sleep peacefully that night, still believing God. When she came down the next day, there was not a trace or a mark of that goiter. The story. Love it. What a goiter story. The thought for today. A faint heart can never have a gift. Two things are essential. First, love. Second, determination. A boldness of faith that will cause God to fulfill his word. What do you think about this goiter? I I think it's... <sighs> and what do you guys think of this goiter? Make sure and uh, yes. let us know in the comment what you think about Sorry. the story. But uh, Smith I, just is... I'm speechless because I my mind is on eternity. So I this is another story about blessings in this life. But I would rather um, talk about in generalities what trusting the Lord, uh, what kind of peace he provides by trusting in the Lord. And, and I mean, she believed that the goiter was gone, even though the goiter physically was still there. It's what she was trusting in the Lord and believing in the Lord, you know, and it's like, well, she didn't see it physically for two years, but she had trusted it. And that's kind of what we learned tonight about what King David was getting across in Psalm 23 is I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So even though King David, as we know, had a very difficult life and had, you know, lost a son and what happened with his daughter and, and then the, the other son trying to kill him and being his enemy and being chased by Saul for 10 years. But he said, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that is the hope he held on to. And that is the love he had from the Lord because of his perspective, his et eternal security his perspective on on his relationship with the lord i like it so what i'm saying in like what i what i what the lord seems to be walking us through and i think he's walking all of the christ followers and the believers through is we're hitting on hard times we're hitting on things that are outside of our control and so he draws us near and in drawing us near he wants us to trust him for not only this life, but to trust that everything works out in the end in eternity and that this life is just a fleeting moment. But when we focus all of our energy on what is happening to us in this life, we lose the perspective that God's infinite justice happens in the next one. And uh, uh, Chris was telling a story today that the church used to be focused only on eternity and people thought it wasn't relevant. And now we've, we've moved all the way to the other end of the spectrum where nobody ever talks about heaven anymore and everyone's just focused on their life here. Well, if you don't have a balanced perspective about what this life means and what we seek in the afterlife and eternity, then um, life's going to be very, very difficult. Because if all you're focused on is what you're getting in this life, that's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so what I um, get from this, and it took me a bit because I read it twice. I read it before we go live and then I read it once we're live. 
And as I was listening to you and reflecting on what Smith was saying and what uh, Pastor uh, Ward, Chris Ward, said today at Rebel Under Friends Church, brought me to this conclusion. Ah. <laughs> Lay it on us. <laughs> and part of my Bible study with the men today, I think, also brought me this. But the, the goiter is an interesting story. I just think it kind of grabs your attention, but it, and I think he could have done something else, but he decided to do the goiter. But for me, it reminds me of, uh, you know, those people that missionaries go and see in the jungle that they, they have barely any clothes. Um, you know, they have to walk a mile for water, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's probably not even as far as they actually probably have to do. And then you get there and you have to probably do something else. Like, and it's dirty. Like, and it's dirty. Yeah. Um, and what, and, you know, find your food at a, at a dump, right. And then, but they come back to their home with smiles on their face, missing teeth, but smiles on their face and they're happy with the Lord. And they're saying, God is fantastic. God is great. I, I, I've never, you know, they'll say things about being saved and about being with God and how wonderful it is. And it's like that goiter from our perspective, we look at them and go, why are you so happy? <laughs> Good <laughs> it, point. It doesn't make any sense. They go, no, the God has delivered me. Delivered right. you from what? <laughs> For me, the worst thing at all is me. Uh, it's worse than the dump. It's worse than the dirty water. I am, the God, God has delivered me from myself. He died amen. from my sins. And, but somebody like us, I mean, we can look at that and go, oh, that doesn't. Your life doesn't look so hot. <laughs> what are you so great. grateful for? And then we could go to the another another example is when people have cancer or when I was in the hospital with COVID and they thought I was going to die, that it was the most glorious time in my life. And you could tell, and I had people, uh, my mastermind group, I think I may have shared with you, I'm not sure, but uh, they were so shocked at my hopefulness and lack of fear based on what I'd just gone through. They believed that because of what I went through, then I would be, this you know, uh, like anti mask and goggles warning people yeah <laughs> in a suit like you gonna die <laughs> and they came out the opposite of what people expected and they're going wow this god thing is really odd <laughs> like he took you to the brink of death and you said it was the best time and i did i mean it was the most wonderful time almost ever you know uh-huh. other than meeting you being married well, to you. <laughs> but but you know, look at what faith things. does. Yeah. But I think the goiter is an example. It's just an odd example. Absolutely. Like the lady goes, Absolutely. I don't care. I feel fantastic. I am happy. And she's got this big thing hanging off her thing. And people are going, what? I, I don't understand. Well, in the message of about, you know, could you heal, heal me? She was probably uh, healed from herself. And that was a bigger uh, burden than the goiter. Or that, like some of our friends have said, it's just all about timing. For her, mm-hmm. she was healed. And it just, she had experienced that healing already. Now, did it physically manifest yet? No, it took two years. But for her, she she knew she was healed. Yeah. She knew that wasn't going to take her out. And I've told that story myself when I had a cancer scare and I talked to the Lord. And I was like, absolutely not. We are not doing this right now. And the Lord's like, okay. You know, and I went um, to Pastor Jack and I was like, can you pray for me? Because this is going away and it's going away now. And I be- and I believed it. I believed it. I didn't care how many more tests I had to go through or what the mm-hmm. doctors told me. And they're like, you should still do the procedure. I was like, no, I'm healed. 
Wow. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just a matter of timing, whether it physically manifests or not. But when you get a receive from God, a promise, it's the mm-hmm. same thing I had with my daughter, right? You know, she was like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm going through this. And I'm like, no, you can say whatever you want, but this is, this phase will end because I have a promise from the Lord about where you'll end up. And it's not this, you know, so it's, it's so important that we hold on. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that he will use the pain. He will use the difficulty, but in the end, it all works out. And I, I listened to this. I want to share with everybody this really interesting perspective um, that Jordan Peterson had on this story by using the story of Moses. So the Israelites were behaving um, poorly. And so the God, God sent on them. So they were suffering. They were in the desert. They had just gotten out of slavery, but they were suffering in the desert, in the wilderness. They were, you know, wandering, very little food, all the rest of it. And so then God sent snakes to bite them. And not just one, but hundreds of them. And they were constantly getting bitten by snakes. And so when Moses and they said to Moses, please plead with God to save us from these serpents. And he said, okay. So he went up to God and came down and God's like, okay, get a serpent, hang it on a stick and make them look at it. Whoever looks at it, it'll be healed. And so Jordan's point was that look at what God, how much it lines up with clinical psychology and how much better off we would all be if we faced our fears, which is what you did in COVID. It's like the solution that God offers was to face the serpents. The one thing that they were terrified of, he said, stare at it and you'll be healed. It's that same courage he's calling us to face the suffering, surrender, and you'll be healed. You know, that's, that's what she was describing too. She's like, I'm healed. I'm good. You know, so yeah. it's it, it. You experienced that same thing in, with COVID. Now, it didn't matter what the long term consequences were that you had an oxygen tank or, you know, I suffer, you know, you suffered from long COVID or, you you know, to me. whatever, whatever. <laughs> Say it again. It mattered to me because I didn't want you to see me. <laughs> but nonetheless, She's leaving me for sure. But you <laughs> no, but you <laughs> believed that it was the best time of your life and you still do. God won't waste anything. All things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose when we face it. The stick with the serpent around it. That's yep. why it's the medical yep. um, symbol. logo symbol. That's it. Yep. Um, uh, MacGyver says, Pondering the goiter. I think the answers to prayer for me are yes, no, or later. In any event, God's will be done. Oh, Lord, take this cup from me, but thy will be done. Right. Wayne? Faith sometimes means believing in what is beyond the instant and in God's timing, even if the here and now looks different. Exactly. But see, that's what Pastor Chris's point is. And the message I'm hearing repeatedly is that we've lost our eternal perspective because we're so focused on what happens to us in the here and now. Even with, uh, and you use the example of the shooting, is that people are like, how could God allow this evil? And the, it's something the atheists say repeatedly, God allows so much evil, God allows so much evil. And he's like, you can only say that when you don't take into account eternal judgment and punishment. So nobody, no injustice goes unpunished. You just don't see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it is in God's justice, everything 
is accounted for. There is nothing that's unaccounted for. And so we, we've lost that sense of an eternal perspective, which is just so important for all of us. Never says. I remember some of the old Pentecostal preachers saying, if you only have enough faith, yes, faith is paramount, but we know everyone doesn't get healed. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on faith healers? Oh, Depends on if they're really faith healers. I mean, Jesus, Jesus is the ultimate healer. And so do you believe in, in every story of healing in the, um, in the gospel, the Lord asks them in one form or another, do you believe in your, and to the woman of, uh, with the issue of blood, he said, your faith has made you well. So it's in go and sin no what he said to the adulterer that didn't end up dying and getting stoned he said go and sin no more so it's it's it has so much to do with our faith and our belief too and just as there's uh false teachers and false gods there's, there's false, false, false healers, healers. You just gotta be discerning and uh vet them <laughs> well and also the point is it's not that person yeah yeah you know, it's not if, Yes, it's not the human. It's not the human. So if you're going to that person believing that Jesus is healing you and you have the faith, then that person's just an instrument. Um, but yeah, do they put on shows and fake it? Yeah, some of them do. Absolutely. Jamie says. To me, it reflects how sometimes he can change our circumstance or more importantly to him at times, he can change us. Amen. <laughs> In this case, to give, to allow her to operate in the fruit of the spirit through peace and joy by inwardly healing us versus the outward healing. Exactly. Yes. That's what Andy was trying to explain is that he, that's what she was experiencing, that she was healed. Now, whether there was a physical manifestation or not, um, didn't matter to her. I wonder when she, if she looked in the mirror, she really didn't see it. No, she probably saw it. But to her, it was done. It's just a matter of time. I wish I could call Smith. You think there's a, a grandson of Wigglesworth that I can call? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe we should look that up. Hey, Jan French. Hi, Jan. Well, what were we talking about, Jan, earlier? Do you remember what? No. You want to read the scripture? Maybe it'll come to you. <laughs> I thought I would come up with it, but I couldn't come up with it. Uh, yes, we are reading Isaiah. 58, 8 through 12. And this was Isaiah talking to the Israelites that in the first eight verses were about their sins. And this is about the redemption that God will provide if they stop sinning. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. and You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach. The restorer of the, of the streets to dwell in. 
And so he's describing how the believer will feel when he's doing the commandments of God, when he's trusting in the Lord and he's feeding the poor and he's avoiding wickedness, then his darkness shall be as the noonday. You know, like what other people would consider darkness will actually be like the glory of the middle of the day. So that's the prescription. And that's what David was describing in Psalm 23. You walk me by still waters. You take me in green pastures. You anoint my head with oil, despite all the things that were going wrong in his life. That's how it felt. That's what you experienced in the hospital. Hmm. This always gets me, this one uh, in eight, where he says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Yes. And, you know, that's comforting, for sure. You want a, you want a strong rear guard. But I, I, I felt like it, in the first 25 years of my faith in, in Christianity is that I always wanted him in front of me. I wanted this, him to be my entry team, yes. always. Which uh, he is. Yep but I never thought of him as my rear guard. And then I thought if something went wrong, it was his fault because I put him in front. <laughs> I, I put him first in my life, but put him in front thinking he was going to keep me from getting sick, keep me from uh, having, uh, you know, a bad situation in business or in relationship or what have you. But that's how it's much easier to blame him because I'd always put him as the, he's going to lead me here and there. And when he didn't, then it was his failure, not mine. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I do like it a little bit better with that rear guard thing. Is that? <laughs> but we you, still believe the Lord goes before you. It's just not yeah. mentioned in this scripture. Yeah. No. But I, I like this thought. I, I have to. I have to have very visual things. Okay. And so I like that the rear guard usually puts his hand on your shoulder while he has his hand on his MP5 <laughs> and communicates with you to tell you to turn left, turn right, oh, or I'm with okay. you, or it's time to stop, or it's time to go. Okay. There's always this communication uh, that you're that you have with your rear guard. You right. Two jobs: one to let you know what's kind of going on that you can't see behind you, and then that, and to protect you, to keep you safe as you're. And that's the pushing through. That's the position of the shepherd too. Yeah. From behind. Sorry, I just was. <laughs> I get caught up in these little little things here that uh, I like to use as analogies because. I'm more visual than anything else. Um, there was one other thing to satisfy your soul in drought. Yes. Oh, that was, that was a question I had. So satisfy your soul in drought. My soul is my entire spirit, uh, how I feel about life. Yeah, Correct? it's mental. It's not the spirit, which is from God. Okay. And so a drought is anything that is difficult, difficulty. Exactly. Okay. All right. I'm picking up this. I'm, I'm picking up see, the Christianese. See, that's the thing is, is that, I, I, and I, that's what I'm meditating on for this week and the Lord's sending, like I'm listening to sermons and discussions and reading about this peace in affliction where it's, we will walk through the fiery trials, but not get burned. And so it, th that's what this is, is that even you're, when you're in drought, he will strengthen you. He will satisfy your soul even in a drought. So not that you're not going to be in a drought. He's not saying I mean, you, you will never be in a drought. Mm -hmm. So even when he walks, because the, the, the Lord goes before us, even if he walks us into a drought, we will not be thirsty. 
And that's, and I think that's what we all have to get to is the point where we can appreciate Christ, even in the afflictions. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Uh, all right. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, it is, uh, Pastor Jack said this in just like a brief sentence the other day, uh, last week in, in service, he said, my prayer to the Lord was, uh, that I want to follow him always. And the Lord's like, but are you prepared to suffer? And he said that he immediately said, yes, I will suffer, you know, and, and he is, you know, in whatever ways that he tells us and doesn't tell us, but it is when we say to the Lord, we want to follow you. Then he says, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, pick up your cross and carry it. It's not easy. And so how do we get through the suffering with ease? We get through it by having an eternal perspective and by having his peace in the suffering. We're not going to avoid the suffering, but we have peace through the suffering. So good to know. <laughs> Good analogy. Which was? I don't know. That was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one. Uh, if you could Hiya, remind, Kate. If you could remind us, that would be awesome. Hey, Kate. Nice to see you. And Wayne says? Only when you completely surrender to Jesus will you experience all the goodness, the peace of God, no matter what you're experiencing. Exactly. If you still trust in yourself, you'll be tossed in the waves of life. Yes. Well, because that's why you feel like when... The way Andy describes it, if you feel like you put the Lord in front and by putting him in front, that means you're going to be good all the time, then you're going to be very disappointed because you think that that means that everything is always going to be grand. And it's not. It's not in material, in the earthly, earthly temporal sense. It will not all be good. Um, but he's still good all the time. Reminds me, I just had a reminder of the analogy that Jack had over the weekend, and um, we brought it up yesterday, where Jesus is like, your God's like in front going, come on, follow me. And he's like walking through the desert. He's thinking all the, uh, you know, all the right. people are behind him in the in the desert. And he's walking and he turns around to talk to him and they're all have already turned left <laughs> right. like a mile back. Like, hey, I can really, you're supposed to be following me. Right. Uh, that's why he needs to be the rear guard. Hey, like, it's flat. no, get back on track. Go straight ahead. Um. So, yeah, so that's all uh, we're going to read Matthew, right? Just, sure. Okay. So Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 4 through 23. Uh, and Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching in the gospel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. So it's the additional words that were not in Teaching, yeah, preaching, and healing. Yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning, we said Matthew 4.23, and it says Jesus went about teaching, preaching, and healing. The whole uh, scripture is what we just read. Teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel. Uh, what did I miss? That was it. And healing. And healing of all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. You know, so, um, so I was talking at our um, men's Bible study this morning. And 
there, there's a little bit of a connection to what we're talking about and, and maybe not. That's I, fine too. But I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about this connection that, that are, are the men in our country. And I understand that there's women in police work. I understand there's women that do these difficult jobs, but I just want to speak to men. Um, and that is we need a healing of fearfulness. We need a healing of leadership, lack of leadership. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to bring it into the shooting in, in to Texas, because this is one of the things I was talking about the, the men today, is that I don't know exactly what happened. Um, there's a number of things that I've heard up to this point, but just I, I just want to look at this one aspect of of the potential of 19 men is what I'm hearing. That's why I'm not talking about women in this particular case. Is that there was 19 men in a position to go in, right? But they were what I've heard so far is are they waiting for equipment? There's, you don't wait for There's just don't wait for equipment. You go in. Um, but I, I understand what they're thinking. Cause I've been, I've created scenarios where I've had guys go through this thought process. Well, I'm going to call for a helicopter. I'm going to call for <laughs> the Ram. I'm going to call for all this stuff. They go, but, but, but yeah. your buddy is being shot at. Well, you can't. And so I have to actually get people to, you know, to make some decisions that they wouldn't normally make because they, and this is in training. This isn't even when they're actually being shot at. Right. They have trouble making this decision in training. What's going to happen to think. So my, my point was in, in bringing this up is not to again, cause I don't have enough information yet. I'm trying to gather as much information and I don't want to disparage these police officers over there. However, um, one of the things that we've found over the last three years is that a large number of people that I know and, and either are family or friends have way more fear than I ever thought. And many people that are in our in leadership positions in our city, county and state and federal government lack leadership because you can pretend to have leadership as you're doing your job. Yeah. As long as you're never tested, the test comes that's where we're going to find a lack of leadership. And I think what we're finding right now is that in our men in particular, I'm just, I'm, again, this, not, this isn't a sexist thing. I'm just telling you. That no, but I mean, have, if that captain of that unit or whoever was there was a woman, it was, it was still a crisis of leadership. Yes, yes. But the, the gender of the person, no, it was a, no, I'm just calling still afraid. Men. I just want to call out men because we, yeah. we need men as fathers. Absolutely. We need men to, to be in these positions because that's quite often what we have. Right. But I just, I, um, I, the, the answer is the Bible, Jesus. Jesus. And we need to, we need to do a better job of creating leaders as, uh, as fathers or as a mentor in our churches. If there's something you can do to in the young men's or the you know high school ministry or, junior high ministry and get involved and, and be there to mentor maybe some young boys that don't have fathers. Yes. Uh, I think is what we're lacking. And I think if we, with this healing concept is, is, is we can heal without having the gift of healing, but maybe the gift of teaching. 
Right. And so we can bring the gifts and bring some of the gifts there. And I, and I was just one last thing I was sharing with the men this morning is that we just, out of the 19, he just needed one. Right. You just needed the rest one would have them. followed. The rest would have followed, or at least four of them would have followed. Or right. Enough. Yeah. One other guy. Or the one guy would have gone in by himself. But I'm telling you, in most cases, if it, uh, many are wobblers, they have courage, but not quite enough to make the decision to go in. All you need is one person to make the decision, go in, and then you'll have three or four people follow. Um, so it's it's a powerful thing, leadership. It's a powerful thing. Absolutely. And confidence and, and good training. It's just we're lacking. We're lacking those two things. Because we're lacking Jesus. We're lacking Jesus. You know, if if the guy out there is a strong believer, then he's like, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know, like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. It's on. Yeah. You know, just this sense of it. I win either way. Yep. When I do what's right, I win either way. In, in 21 years of law enforcement, there were probably four times that when I went through a door, I knew the chances of me being shot were really high. And I go, this is what I have to do. Um, but you, you're tactical Don't think, when you do just it. Do. You're tactical. Yeah. You're tactical when you do it. You use your lighting, for, you know, in a way that's, you know, that gives you the best chances. But you know, when you're going through, you're going to get shot. Nobody else is going to do it. Yeah, that's what that's what I signed and held my hand up and said I I promised to take care of uh, people in the state of California. This is what right. you're supposed to do, right? and so it's just that thing that um, um, we really need to work a little bit harder in creating um, men out of these boys that uh, yes just don't have it in their life. Kate, uh, Kate says. This is perfect. Yesterday was a rough sea. It was a scary time and God brought his peace and spoke calm into my chaotic emotional state. It went from awful to beautiful when I surrendered it to him. It was an amazing lesson and I am grateful to him. Oh, thank you. What a great praise report, Kate. I love to hear that. All right, let's hear what Jan has to say. When I was hospitalized with my stroke, I was sitting in a wheelchair alone and I felt a very hot hand on my shoulder and there was no one in the room with me. I was afraid at first and tried to brush it off my shoulder, but it stayed there. I love that. After a minute, a huge peace flowed through me. I believe Jesus or maybe an angel healed me right then. Amen. I love that. Yes. You didn't need a faith healer. He came himself. What What hospital were you in? Uh, Kaiser. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, MacGyver says, I think the Bible also says God chastens those he loves. Yes. Uh, that's another verse to me, at least that shows he will keep us and correct us. Even in our transgression, transgressions, our salvation is secure. Amen. One of the biggest weapons the enemy is using today is fear with fear. You are stopping in your tracks. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my so true. The regard is encouraging. Yes. In Luke 9, Jesus was teaching the difference between power and authority. You can have a position of power, but no authority. Oh, yes, that's a word, Kate. Power with no authority. Yeah. So true. So many people have power with no authority right now. We're just, it's rampant. They have just seeking more power. And you're like, what are you doing with the power you already have? It's like, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. Decision after bad decision. No understanding, no critical thinking. None. Zero. <laughs> or it's just the, the their critical thinking map is just yeah. wrong. Uh, men need to step up even more so as it is so in the church as the times get harder. Oh, amen. So true. 
Oh, Jan says she was at oh, St. Jude. Jude. Yeah. Well, that's, that's probably a good place to have been. <laughs> yes. I know St. Jude very well. As a matter of fact, I was standing in Saint, in front of St. Jude along the sidewalk, mm-hmm. holding hands for Hands Across America in 1980-something. Wow. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> did you do Hands Across America? I don't think you I did. You didn't hold hands with anybody? I don't think I did. You would have been in high school. I can don't remember doing that. Yeah. Do you remember high school? I do. Oh, look at you. It's a blur. <laughs> it's a little bit of a blur, but I do remember. <laughs> Good times, folks. Good times. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are the world. We are. <laughs> MacGyver oh. says, power without authority reminds me of President Flashbang. <laughs> Oh, folks. Uh, so I just wanted to show you this book. I brought it down for a discussion I had about Paul. It's, it's uh, by John MacArthur, the book on leadership. So if you don't have it yet, it's a really good book. I think, Wayne, if you don't have this book, I think you'd really like it. And MacGyver, I'm sure you guys would like it. The women would like it too. I know I'm speaking a lot to men right now. I'm just really upset at men. <laughs> but um, there's a, a, one of the, the stories that I love and I, I'm reminded of all the time is when Paul was a prisoner in the ship. And they're going uh, to the Mediterranean and there's a storm. Right. And he's all shackled, right? And, it's, you know, it probably smells. And, you know, you got the Romans and you got all the, uh, uh, you know, the passengers that paid money. And so you have wealthy people. You have all kinds of um, uh, other people on, on the ship, including the, the crew and the chief and the chief operating officer, whatever he's called. And uh, they're in the storm and they're all like, they have no idea what to do. They go, hey, no, we're going to keep pushing through. No, we have this cargo. We need to get to Rome. No, we're going to. And Paul's going, dude, I've been in these storms before and I've wrecked more than a couple times in my life. I'm, this is what you need to do. What do you know? You're a prisoner. Right. He's going, come on. Let me just tell so We're true. all going to die. And, the, and then finally, the, the, I'm going to bring a, a, a long story short. Oh. <laughs> In the end, the uh, captain of the ship, that's the word I was looking for before, the captain of the ship and the Roman soldiers all eventually had to listen to Paul and he saved their lives. He did exact, they did exactly what he told them to do. And uh, although the, the ship did crash into a rock and split apart, they. Uh, and I learned that lesson in Bible study is the shepherding also, mm-hmm. the humility to also not force your opinion. Mm-hmm. Because even though you believe you have the discernment that it's a gift from God, that you have figured out a problem, you can't force other people of varying ranks or whatever it may be that are on authority over you and even in an earthly sense to accept what you're saying. So you also have to have the discernment of when you're going to be patient. And I told you I had this similar experience where... um, somebody in the Bible study was having computer problems and I knew exactly what the problem was. And I was like, Oh, you want me to fix it? Like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. It's just the sound. It's the sound. And it was literally two months later where somebody's like, Hetty, I, I think you know how to fix this. And I was like, yeah, I, I can. And it was just like a two minute fix, you know, but it was like every time I had offered, it was like, no, I, no, I don't want your help right now. And you just, you've got to, there's promptings of the Lord that sometimes tell us like, look, you're, and that's what Paul knew is he knew he had the authority, he didn't have the power. But when they came to him yes. and said, okay, we'll hand you the power to make this choice. Now he's like, okay, I'm going to bring my authority 
and with the power now, and I'm going to solve this problem. Right? Yep. It's such a great story. Yeah, yeah. It was. Kate says, As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. <laughs> oh, my people, those who lead you cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. Isaiah 3.12. Men are hesitant to use their power these days. Yes, with all these discussions of toxic masculinity and yes. and uh, the oppression against cops, I think that the re reticence of police officers nowadays and even in yes. Texas was, oh, Lord, I'm going to end up on social media as this aggressor that killed a kid. And you know what I mean? Or they just didn't want it. They just didn't want the trouble. They didn't want the hassle. You know, it's it it forces people to make decisions that they otherwise would not make. Oh, I'm just holding, I'm holding my tongue because there's so much, so much that I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these, these people, they're just, they're driving me crazy. Yeah. You know, they don't want you to enforce laws. They don't want people arrested. They don't want anybody to get a bad grade so everybody gets to pass. We have open borders. As many people, people aren't even being checked. We have terrorists coming through, and it takes two weeks to. They don't always that. Takes two weeks to actually arrest the guy, and then they are in an uproar when police don't do. And again, I'm not protecting. If they've made a bad decision, I will let you know they did a bad decision. That's what I do for a living. But now they're all over the police saying, "How come they didn't do anything for two years?" You don't want them to do anything. You demasculated the entire police uh, the profession day, of policism. Right the day after the incident. Biden puts in a bunch of uh, executive orders, taking away the uh, carotid hold, uh, taking away um, some like two or three other, after oh, military. After yeah. Uvalde? Yeah, or it was the day after. Oh, wow. Uh, taking away all the military. You can't get uh, military equipment any longer because it's bad. Oh, the demilitarization of yes. police? But he did that right after you. We needed the military uh, militarization to get into that room. Yeah. Like, you're just like going, why would you? Why would you hold this press conference right, right after and then talk about how you're going to take away everything from now? Granted, it's federal law enforcement, but soon after federal does something, states often yes. follow. And I'd like to call our attention Sorry. to another thing Chris said is that people were telling him, uh, they often tell him, you're such a pessimist. You're such a pessimist. And he's like, I'm not a pessimist. I am an eternal optimist. And I so would describe myself the same way because he says, listen, the end of this story that the Lord has told us is not good. Like eternally it's good, but the end of this world's story is a bloodbath. And so when we see this stuff on TV, we've got to realize if it's in this era where they say this generation will not pass without seeing the Lord's arrival. So that generation is us because Israel has been reestablished. If you believe that doctrine. Uh, or if it's not, or we're very close to it, that this gets really bad. And so there's a certain piece in that, like, okay, it, it, there's no, it's not depressing is an eternal hope. When your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're like, wow, you're going to come back. You know, oh Lord, come back. Jesus, come back. That's what it means to be apocalyptic is we're waiting the return of Jesus. And before that, it goes from bad to worse constantly, like like a nosedive. So we we if if we're in that period, this doesn't get better. You're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Exactly, and that's not being a pessimist. It's an eternal optimist. 
It is written. It is written. <laughs> God's will be done, folks. Uh, let's see. Kate says. We said that already. Oh, then hooked on. Jesus says. MacGyver, a.k.a. MacGyver. <laughs> I added a second back the blue decal <laughs> to my truck after someone complained about the first one. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kate says. What I'm loving about the Johnny Depp trial is that a man gets to tell his story of abuse. The relationship was toxic, but the courts usually favor the women. This trial is significant for real justice. Oh, that's so interesting. I haven't yeah, been following okay. it. Yeah, I was in uh, family crimes uh, for a period of time as a detective. And um, yeah, there's some, there's many cases where the man is the victim. And it's so hard. It was so hard to make that case often. Wow. It just was, they could not believe that the, that the man was a victim. Yeah, I guess in most cases it is kind of hard to believe. <laughs> you drove, you usually drive us to it. <laughs> and sometimes we have no idea. How. I don't understand. We are convinced it's never us at fault. You drive us to it. Okay. Um, yes. There was one other thing on that. Now I can't remember. Oh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean, he's. We can't get rid of it. Hold on. Are you trying to get rid of it? And it won't go away. No, it was gone. Oh. You just brought it back. Oh, there we go. Um, is that, I mean, you don't even have to be a great, uh, you don't have to be a person who is great at reading people's body language and reading their facial expressions and making determinations. I mean, it's just, this, is, this would be, actually be a really good study. I bet you they will be for years to, to show because she is so unbelievable in her statements. And then she's inconsistent with her statements. And then the thing, how she prefaces what she says, it's just like, she's lying. Oh, I haven't guilty, watched it. And she's like, she's lied the whole time. And then you have Johnny Depp who is just goofy. Exacerbated like, he's just, he's just, too. He's just, just like, he's yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> just like going, oh, why is this happening to me? And you feel sorry for him. Like, you just know he's a lost soul and is not that bright. And, uh, but it makes good movies and makes a lot of money, but also has drug problems and some other issues. But that doesn't make him this, you know, wife beater. Right. I mean, he could be a lot of things. But, uh, but when you see the two in the contrast between how they talk, he's just, he's just a goofball. <laughs> <laughs> And at some point, you just can't take it. You can't take being berated over and over. And at some point, you know, you get it. You say you are a B word. Yeah. Right. And you lose it. But that's about what he's guilty of. At least as, I haven't watched the whole thing. That's as far as I can tell. Am I right, Kate? Yes. Look at how fast she answered. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's interesting. There's some really interesting things coming up. Like you said. Oh, the other thing that Courtney taught me, my daughter, is that it's not being held in California. They held it in wherever it's being held, North Carolina, one of those places, oh, okay. because they could film the entire thing for future use oh. for a documentary or a movie. Yeah. These people are, I mean, they, they, if we're going to go through this, we're going to make some money in the end. Right. And I'm sure that's how they agreed uh, to, to, to do it this way. But uh, they're all mic'd up. The attorneys are mic'd up like they're on a set. Oh. You can see when she's uh, the attorney speaking, she's got a, you know, a mic pack in her back. Wow. You know. So Hollywood. They're, so they're going to use it, but it, it's a good lesson, I think, for people reading, you know, body language, body language, and facial expressions, how they speak, what they what they forget they said when they promise when they swore to tell the truth, oh, not the truth, not, but the truth of God. And um, you know, they say one thing one day, and the next day, oh, I, just remember that. Uh, I mean, that's the best. That's a, always the most important thing is you ask 
similar questions, 10 different ways. That's what psych exams and, do too. Uh, and then you go, look at, on this day, you answered this way, on this day, you answered this way. Is that the same question? Yes. When you're not telling the truth, it's hard to keep track of your lies. All right. Anything else, my love? I think now, that's it. We went from Johnny Depp to all kinds of different things. We need to talk about this amazing app. Why don't you tell people about it? It's the Edify Christian Podcast Network. Check it out. Subscribe. We'd be blessed. This is how you do it. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. Have you seen Top Gun? Go and see it. It's the best movie of the century. Really? Oh, it is the best movie I've seen. I can't tell you. I mean, I, I, there's some movies that I really love. I And one of them is the original Top Gun. Aww. This is even better than the original, which is not normal. It's yeah. not normal to like a sequel um, of any movie. Yeah, for sure. It was good. I don't think I, I'd go so far as say it was the best movie of the century, but what? Good. What? <laughs> I love you. What? Yeah, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I don't know you right now. <laughs> that was that was a great movie. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Look down, Jesus. God bless. Have a great weekend. Yes. Thank you guys for joining us. Happy Sunday coming up. Kate, I want to talk about the movie. Kate already has a happy Sunday. <laughs> yes, you... Kate. All right, we got to go. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Love you guys. God bless. God bless. Take Good care, night. Bye.